Welcome to episode 29 of The Postcast. My name is Sean Fairholm, and I'm here with Cassie Stein. We're coming off of a very exciting Sunday at the PGA Championship where Justin Thomas, 24 years old, a budding superstar, finally came through with a major championship and uh, in very exciting fashion, Cassie. We had five people tied for the lead late on Sunday, very much a, a close kind of a NASCAR race taking the, the Charlotte <laughs> angle there. Um, what were your uh, reactions just from uh, overall on Sunday? You know, so I thought Sunday was awesome. Um, five players tied for the lead coming down the stretch and um, just having one of them, you know, play just par golf, really, because other people were making mistakes. I mean, he made a few bird Justin Thomas made a few birdies down the stretch, but I just think it was just awesome to watch. And I think a lot of people have been on the Justin Thomas train and, for a while and they've been watching him. So I think it was just great for him to succeed and finally get one. And I think the floodgates will just open now of him either just contending in majors or actually winning major championships. Yeah. And we had a, a lot of kind of interesting storylines that broke out late in this tournament. I thought Saturday was kind of boring, to be honest. I watched all day Saturday and the, the round was very long. Nobody really made any moves. But then we had Sunday where we had uh, Patrick Reed made a run. Ricky Fowler made a run. We had uh, Hideki Matsuyama was in the lead on the on the back nine. Was there any player that you that kind of stood out to you that you expected to kind of take and, and running and, and, and win this thing other than Justin Thomas? And you were kind of surprised or were you uh, did this fall in line with what you thought would happen? No, you know, I actually got a few texts from family members early that morning. They're like, who's going to win? Who's going <laughs> to win? And I said JT from the beginning. I just nice. had a funny feeling that he knew what, you know, what he had to do to get it done. I mean, he, I, you know, we keep saying that he's Jordan Spieth's buddy or whatever, but I think he can learn a lot from him. And I think he has, and I think that's why he got it done this past week. I, and I think once, um, hole 10 happened where he hit that drive that hit the tree and came back into the fairway. And then obviously the putt, the birdie putt that hung on the lip and fell in, it, it just kind of seemed like it was meant to be at that point and uh, he, he played that way down the stretch he really played like it was just kind of a uh, fate that he would end up winning this tournament but uh very cool to have him win looking back now at the, at the four majors now that the major season is over um what, what do you think in terms of what was what was your favorite one to watch or what one was most exciting to you so I really liked the Masters. Mm-hmm. I, I loved seeing Sergio win. You know, no one really thought he was going to win one. I mean, after 73 tries, uh, <laughs> you know, going over 73, I think that's a lot. And he always said he was never going to win one and that he was never going to play well at Augusta National. He said that a few years ago and went on that huge rant that everyone I thought was just kind of shocked by. But um, I, the, I thought the playoff was great with, with him and Justin Rose and him making that putt and the reaction he had. I thought that was just incredible to me. And just the year he's kind of had, and um, he made an ace at TPC Sawgrass. He got married. He's, he played well in all the other majors. You know, I, I just, I, I really liked watching Sergio win at Augusta. Yeah, definitely. I think that was one of the feel-good stories you? of the year, for sure. Um, my favorite was Jordan winning the Open Championship, just because everything that happened on Sunday there with hole 13 and hitting from the driving range and the unplayable lie. And uh, that that six iron he hit into the par three fourteenth. That was maybe my shot of the year. That that six iron that he hit, and uh, you know, his one down at that point came back. And I don't know about you, but I love when a player is able to really turn on the Jets late in a golf tournament. And it really, I mean, I, I found that fascinating when they're able to really play so well late in a tournament and hold big putts. And um, that was my favorite turn of the year. 
Beyond that, I wasn't a huge fan of the U.S. Open. I'd say the PGA was ahead of the U.S. Open for me, just because the uh, I don't know the U.S. Open just didn't really seem to have quite the same amount of flair as the the other the other couple of majors that uh, that I liked. But I think I think for the most part, um, I, I would put Open Championship, Masters, PGA, U.S. Open this year. Okay, mm-hmm. I like I like that. So so going back, so we have the Masters in Sergio. We had Brooks Kepka winning the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. We had Jordan Spieth winning the um, Open Championship, and now we have Justin Thomas winning the PGA Championship. I mean, there's been a lot of other winners. Um, who do you like as the player of the year? Is Justin Thomas leading the player of the year race? I think Justin Thomas is absolutely re- leading the player of the year race. And I don't think it's just the the wins. He has, you know, he has the two wins in Hawaii. And don't forget the win in, in Malaysia that was actually in 2016. That that counts towards uh, the season as well. So he has the the four victories with with one of them being a major. Um, but it's also the 63 he shot at the U.S. Open, which was very historic, and the 59 he shot the Sony Open. That that also goes into being Player of the Year. And um, I thought he had a, a better year than Jordan so far to this point. Who you know Jordan's won three times with one major, but two of them were you know, just kind of normal tour events and then the, the open championship. But if Jordan were to win the FedEx cup, that may, de- that may change the, uh, the narrative. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to agree. But, um, so I, I agree with you that Justin Thomas is the player of the year, but my reasoning is I tweeted something yesterday about it is that the players he's beat at those tournaments. Like mm-hmm. if you look at all the runner ups that he's, that he's beat is incredible. He's be- he's beat Hideki Matsuyama, um, three times, or two, sorry, two times. He beat him in Malaysia and then at the SBS Tournament of Champions in Hawaii. And then Justin Rose at the Sony Open Hawaii. That was by seven shots. Mm. I mean, he, he was just on fire in Hawaii. And then at the Quail Hollow Club this past Sunday, he beat Francesco Molinari, Louis Ustase, and Ann Patrick Reed, who are all magnificent players and who are all will probably win a major eventually. So I just think when, I, I think when, you know, it's on the line. He can get it done, and just it just shows that he can beat the top caliber of players out on tour. And I, I, it's just in peop- It's just impressive the people that he's beat in route in route to winning his four tournaments this season. I think Hideki is sick of Justin at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's been a few tournaments now that he, uh, Justin has gotten better of him, and uh, I'm sure Hideki's time will come though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Ron Green Jr. is going to have um, a bit to say about the um, just Hideki and um, I think Ricky Fowler. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that and then um, about Justin obviously winning the PGA Championship. So let's jump into that interview right now. And now we welcome back to the postcast our PGA Tour insider, Ron Green Jr. Ron, you've been covering golf for a long time and Charlotte has never had a major until this point. What was it like to see your hometown embrace the PGA? It was sweaty because it was really <laughs> hot and muggy, but it was it was really good. Uh, I was talking to the the guy in charge of such matters for the PGA of America, who said they sold more tickets than they've ever sold for a PGA championship. They sold more corporate hospitality by forty percent than they'd ever sold. They said pre-sale they opened a merchandise tent on Saturday and Sunday. Forehand set records there, and then every subsequent day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they topped their previous highs for those days. So, um, all around a home run. It was a hard golf course, uh, but it was uh, Charlotte's. You know, there's still a little small town part of Charlotte, even though it's become a really big city. Uh, that just when you get something like that, it really wraps its arms around it, and you have the right people 
who were sort of in charge and doing it the right way. The PGA set up for the fans. I mean, 50,000 fans a day. The flow around the golf course was as good as I've seen anywhere, anytime. You know, and I heard uh, uh, one of the guys on Sirius XM who's been to <clears throat> majors and played in them for years said it was the best overall experience he had ever seen there. So uh, it came off pretty well, which explains why people of Aqua said there's a 100% chance they will uh, uh, plan on coming back to Charlotte. Now, when and where, when it will be, we'll see. But sounds like it'll be in May, not in August now. It was kind of an odd tournament because the, the top players didn't play particularly well the first two days. Then we had that quagmire on Saturday where the, the weather was hot, uh, birdies were kind of hard to come by, and the, the rounds were threatening six hours at one point. And then Sunday, the energy level picks way up. What what changed late in this tournament to kind of get things going? Well, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the setup of the golf course, I mean, the rough was really thick and dense and really uh, sort of dictated play. If you hit it out of play, you were in trouble, and especially around the greens, it became tricky. I think they had, early in the tournament, the greens were so firm and fast. I think I always almost wonder, in, in anticipation of the rain, had they pulled all the moisture out with that sub-air system, and it was almost too hard. But the thing the players talked most about was the pin positions. They didn't, they understood the difficulty to green, but they felt like there were some really edgy pin positions that the tour would never use. You know, I'm not out there putting them, but <clears throat> it was a consistent refrain from players. And then on Sunday, uh, they relented a little bit, put some flags in spots where they were easy to easier to get to. I go back to, I guess, Thursday, Jordan Spieth talking about his issues putting. He said, I, I've got him. I have about five, 12 footers. And he goes, there's a one in five chance you're going to make something like that. These with the slope they have. But here there was like <clears throat> almost no chance. He said you had to so perfectly marry speed and line that it be, became such a defensive game. And um, so, you know, when you're if you're somebody like Justin Thomas, who sort of keeps it out of the bad spots and just gives yourself uh, good chances to two putt and takes advantage of a couple par fives, you know, over the course of 72 <clears throat> holes, puts you in a really good position. But you're right. <clears throat> I thought Saturday, you wondered if it was ever going to end. I mean, just <laughs> so slow. And then uh, Sunday, it, it felt different. It felt like a major. And you had whatever it was, five guys tied for the lead midway through the final round. Uh, wasn't Rory and wasn't Jordan, but it uh, turned into a really entertaining tournament, I thought. We've obviously been on Justin Thomas watch for a little while now, and we all knew he would win, a, win one of these at, at some point in his career. He's kind of part of this new wave of players coming off off the course. You know, he's probably him and probably Ricky Fowler are some of the most active players on, on social media. On the course, he plays a game with total fearlessness and a ton of emotion. Are you a fan of his style? Yeah, I think I like guys who sort of bring you in. I'm not big fans of guys who are so stoic and hide behind the glasses and never smile when they make a birdie or anything. I mean, Justin lets you know what he's thinking, what he's feeling. Uh, you know, that tip of the cap when that ball fell in on 10, that's total Justin Thomas style. <laughs> and I just, you're right. I think we've all sort of seen it coming. And it was nice for him, as he admitted in the press conference afterwards, you know, he was always the guy, tell us about Jordan, what does it mean, how happy are you for him? Well, it was finally Justin's turn. And somebody said, were you frustrated by what, uh, by the fact you hadn't won and you were having to answer all these questions? He goes, frustrated is not the right word. Jealous is the right word. He said, I was jealous of Sergio. I was jealous of Jordan at the British Open. Might as well, well be honest. He goes, I think we're all, we're happy for him, but we're all also jealous when they get something we want. So uh, this was his turn. 
and interestingly, standing out on the 18th green Sunday during the trophy ceremony, Ricky Fowler was standing there, and a couple of us asked him the obligatory Justin Thomas question, and Ricky said all the right things, and then he just looked at us and said, my time is coming. And mm-hmm. But for two holes, this would have been his time. He, if he can figure out how to keep the doubles or the others off the card, he's going to win one soon, too. Last year, Justin had some moments, but he also he went you know a combined twenty seven over in the majors, and, and putting was a huge issue. He was a hundred and thirty first in strokes gained putting, and this year he's down to fortieth in the same category. Which on the PGA Tour, that's a massive leap. He went from really the bottom third of putters in the tour to the top third. He's ranked ahead of Jordan in the stat this year. Does that kind of improvement simply take experience of being on tour for a few years, or is it is it something else? What do you, what can you attribute that to? Yeah, I don't know what technically he may have done. Obviously, put a lot of work into it. But I think there's also the element of confidence. I mean, we play golf. You know what it's like when you start seeing them go in, you feel like you're going to make more of them. When you're never seeing them go in, you think you're never going to make any. And I I think confidence is a big thing. And you go back to, I mean, he's been great at that tournament in Malaysia. He's been, you know, he goes and dominates Hawaii this year and he shoots 59 and all that he shoots 63 at Aaron Hills. I, I think it's a combination of just the confidence factor. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think he's hitting it a little closer too, and just giving himself better chances. And once you start seeing him go in, I, I think his, he wasn't rattled by not winning at Aaron Hills after having the chances. He said, I was out of it by three or four holes. So he could sort of look and watch and see how it unfolded. But I just think it's part of the maturing process. Now you may not putt that way. Most of the guys who have, the really big years, they have their best putting years. And, you know, I think that may be sort of what we're seeing with Justin Thomas right now. But, I mean, he's 24. I mean, he's going to have a lot of big years, I think. Ron, when Justin was coming off the 18th green, there was, you know, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Bud Colley, a bunch of people there to congratulate him. But we were just talking about Ricky Fowler, who, like you said, he said his time is coming. Um, but there has been some major disappointments in the majors for him this year in the last few years. And now another close friend who's a few years younger than him gets another one. What does this do to his, you know, just overall mindset? And does this wear on him a little bit? Well, I'm sure he's tired of answering the question and thinking about it. I mean, he would love to change the narrative. Uh, And you look, he's had had a good major championship year. He's had a really good year. I think he's missed three cuts, but been practically inside the top 20 every other tournament. Uh, So, you know, I, I think you can't deny there's the longer it goes, the more pressure he'll put on himself and the expectations I think with fans and the media will, will continue to grow to a certain point. If then if you reach a certain point, you just, they start to go down because, Oh, he's never going to win one. I don't think that's the case with Ricky, but uh, yeah, I just think, you know, it, it needs to happen sooner rather than later for him. And I think uh, he gets uh, like we were saying earlier, he has a way of making the big mistake somewhere along the way where you, instead of costing yourself one shot, you cost yourself three shots or something. And then, you know, those shots are precious anyway, but especially in major championships. And, uh, you know, some, some people have suggested that he's such a nice guy that maybe he doesn't have that, uh, that, that mean streak that separates the really good from the very best. And I don't know about that. I, cause I go back to what he did at the players championship when he beat Kisner and won that tournament there i mean that was pretty tough stuff right he did right there so i mean it's in there just uh getting it all the way uh bringing it out at the right time is is the next step i mean 
I'm sure when we get to Augusta in whatever it is, eight months, he'll be one of the five or six guys we're talking about. Another player who kind of falls into this category was a little bit younger than Ricky, but uh, Hideki Matsuyama, another Sunday in contention where people will kind of forget he had control of the tournament standing on the 11th tee. He was leading and three holes later, he's three, three shots behind. He's too good to, to not pick up a major one of these days, right? That's what I think. I kept, people kept asking me over the weekend, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? And I kept saying, um, Hideki, just because he hits it so well. And the way you, um, you know, you, you watch him and he work, works so hard at his ball striking. And, and if you can keep it out of that rough, I thought he would be really good at it. Now, the thing you get with him is, we've all seen it, is his reaction sometimes. You know, he looked like he hit it off the world and he's missed his target by 12 feet going into a green. So you, you kind of wonder if, if it, there's a perfectionist in him. But, you know, he kept saying <clears throat> he was not happy with the way he was hitting it. And I think that ultimately showed up on the weekend. He, he hit just enough loose shots that uh, you figure if he's not going to win, it's going to be because of his putting. But I think this time he was not quite as sharp as he needed to be and and it cost him now whether I, I don't think that's going to hurt him down the road I think you're right he's he's going to be the first Japanese player to win a major championship I would expect and and it's hard for us to fully appreciate how big a deal it is but you talk to the people the part of the group that sort of documents every shot he hits over here I mean that's he's playing with a different sort of expectation and pressure than the rest of the players Ron, before we let you go, let's get some quick thoughts on the player of the year race as we finish up the regular season this week and head into the playoffs. Yeah, I think right now it's Justin Thomas. I think with what he did early, with what he went in this, uh, I, I would lean toward him. But I think, you know, now most of the top guys aren't playing Greensboro, but we get into the playoffs, that could change it. Look at the way Rory McIlroy went on the run there last year. I think if Jeff Jordan Spieth comes in and uh, wins a tournament or two, maybe wins the FedEx Cup playoffs, that might alter it. Wouldn't shock me to see Justin just keep on a roll and go uh, sort of just run right on through it now here. Uh, I think those are the guys who I look at initially. I mean, Dustin Johnson was going to be the guy. Then we all know from Augusta on it hasn't quite worked for him. And uh, so that's been a little bit of a disappointment. But uh could be those buddies, uh, Jordan and Justin, doing afterwards. And, you know, I guess we all know that little stat. Now, did you notice that all four major champion winners this year had six letters in their first name, six <laughs> letters in their last name? Kind of bizarre. So, yeah, that is bizarre. And maybe that'll be the FedEx Cup champion, too. <laughs> Ricky Fowler, maybe. <laughs> another six-letter uh, first and last name player. <laughs> You're quick with your counting. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, have fun at the Wyndham this week, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Nice talking to you guys. And on to the schedule this week on the pro and amateur circuits. Um, the PGA Tour is at the Wyndham Championship at Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina. Kevin Kistner, who contended last week at the PGA Championship, Webb Simpson, Jason Duffner, Henrik Stenson, and Billy Horschel, just to name a few, are in the field this week. Players are trying to play well to make it into the top 125 for the FedEx Cup playoff, which starts next week at the Northern Trust Open. I have a bone to pick with Kevin Kisner, who I love, Uh-oh. by the way. I love Kevin oh. Kisner. But he's got to be a little bit more um, – he's got to be a little more secretive and a little more discreet with his spitting. I think he, he spit too much on TV. There are a few comments on social media. I'm okay with him spitting, okay. but just like not on the green where people are like, you know, like putting their hands and stuff. Interesting. I honestly did not pick up on that. 
And I love Kiz. He's one of my favorite yeah. players. I love his response after he lost the players a couple of years ago. They asked him what he did after the round. He just said, I, I, I just, I had beer. I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> I just, I, I, I drink. Just don't worry about it. At least he's honest, right? He's, he's very <laughs> honest. Yeah, I have to love Kisner. Uh, one of the big tournaments happening right now as we speak is the U.S. Amateur in Los Angeles at Riviera Country Club and, and Bel Air Country Club happening right now as we speak. Cassie, how about this? Um, Todd Mitchell, who is one of the amateurs competing there, shot a three under 67 yesterday playing alongside Scott Harvey, a big mid-am. And uh, Todd forgot to sign a scorecard and got disqualified. And uh, that would have put him right in the top 10 of the tournament and very likely to advance to the match play stages of the U.S. Amateur. And uh, he walked out of the scoring tent, just had a brain fart, forgot to sign a scorecard, and got disqualified. It's kind of that, rough. That's unfortunate. But I also saw that Wilson Furr plays at the University of Alabama. His caddy left his bag by a hill where there was some water. And when they were at, up at the green... The bag started rolling into the water, oh, and all no. of his clubs went in. <laughs> oh, no, that's not so, good at all. <laughs> how about that one as well? Some great stories coming out of the first round of the U.S. Amateur. <laughs> whoever can avoid disaster, whoever can keep their clubs clean inside their scorecard is going to win the tournament. <laughs> exactly. And if the person is American who wins U.S. Amateur, I think you can guarantee them a spot on the Walker Cup team come the beginning of September. Definitely. So. They don't have to go very far, too. They have to go over to the Los Angeles Country Club down the road. So Yeah, and they can just hang out for three weeks and wait till the turn uh, the you know walker cup starts no big deal <laughs> but it is a it's a huge week in golf because we have the solheim cup too um at des moines uh, des moines golf and country club in west des moines iowa the united states has already made some news by having to use their envelope when jessica corda had to wd because of injury and paula kramer um hopefully will step in seamless, seamlessly for uh, team usa they are trying to win back-to-back Solheim Cups on uh, U.S. soil um, for the first time um, since 2005 um, and 2009. So with all the controversy at the 2015 event, um, you can be sure I'm tuning in this weekend um, to see what's going on out in Iowa. It's no secret that Julie Inkster and Annika Sorensen have very differing personalities. You know, Inkster is yeah. very emotional and gritty and kind of out, outgoing. And um, Sorenstam is kind of to herself and, you know, very meticulous and uh, determined. It's no secret that they kind of, they do not mesh particularly well together. I don't want to say that they hate each other or anything like that. But um, there could be some controversy. I could see that happening for sure. I, I, I'm... I'm all in for it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, Champions Tour is uh, the Dick Sporting Goods Open at Enjoy Golf and Country Club in New York. Remember some of the PGA Tour events that were played there in the past with the BC Open being played there. Um, Bernhard Langer is the favorite, as he is for every single PGA Tour Champions event. But <laughs> uh, but Paul Goidos is the defending champion, so we'll, we'll put him at the top of the power rankings for this week. And maybe uh, someone will knock Bernhard off his perch. Highly doubtful, but no, highly doubtful. there's a, yeah. there's always a chance. <laughs> um, the Web.com tour is at the new Centennial Open, and that takes place at Fox Den Country Club in Knoxville, Tennessee this week, where J.J. Spawn was the defending champion. Sam Ryder, who was last year's runner-up, is the favorite to win this week. Very nice. And the European tour is at the Sal Tire Energy Paul Laurie match play event, 64 players, one winner. The event will be played in Germany for the first time at Golf Resort Bad Graisbach 
And uh, host Paul Laurie is playing, and plus uh, Victor Dubasson, Eduardo Molinari, Nicholas Colsarts are all in the field. So it uh, should be a fun week. Yeah, like we said, this it's a busy week in, in, in the golf world. We got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. So, and we're going to conclude here with our bingo, bingo, bongo. How did we do at the PGA Championship? I did not do well. I'm, I, I'm curious as to how you did. Um, not so well either. Uh, my winner was Zach Johnson. He finished T48. My surprise player to win would have been uh, Thomas Peters. He missed the cut. And Brooks Kepka, who I thought was totally going to miss the cut, finished T13. So, yeah, no winner yet for Cass. Yeah, that didn't, it didn't work out for either either of us because, of course, I had Peters to win. And uh, he just blew up on the first day and shot, what, yeah. like 80 or something or 79 and, and, and was completely out of it. I had Tony Finau as my sleeper. He finished T44. was actually in it early on in the tournament but just never really got anything going uh, after the after the second round. And I had Stenson to miss the cut, and uh, he finished T13. So he's kind of rebounded in the past couple of majors, was T11 at the Open Championship. Championship. So uh, he, he had a, a decent finish to the last couple of majors. But uh, we kind of expected it to be a, a big ball strikers course. And it didn't really turn out that way. Uh, everybody, all different sorts of players were at the top of the PGA Championship leaderboard. I, I would have to agree with you on that. So, hmm. well, another week we, we can try to pick a winner. <laughs> I know you've picked like two winners thus far and I'll just keep trying over here. Yeah, keep on going at it. Yeah, I will. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, Chris Stroud this week to win the uh, Wyndham Championship. Nice. Um, he you know he won two weeks ago um, at the Barbasol Championship, and then he was T9 last week. He was really in it up until you know the last few holes. Um, I just think he looked so cool, calm and collected during that final round at Qual Hollow Club. Um, he's on a hot streak right now, and he's just rolling and. I just love his demeanor about like golf and life. Did you did you by chance see his interview prior to the start of the final round at the PGA Championship? Yeah, I did. I thought it was incredible. He was talking about how he was looking forward to the the necklace that his seven year old made him, and I thought that yeah. was, that, was, that was awesome. I mean, w- what a guy with a, just a, a great perspective on life and where golf fits into that, and. Um, I, I actually work with a fellow PGA professional down here in South Florida, and he got to walk with Chris during a pro-am with the Honda Classic, as some of the PGA professionals down here do. And he said that Chris is probably the nicest guy that he's ever met in his life and uh, has dealt with injuries throughout his career, hasn't always been able to get things going, but so nice to see him play well and, and, and contend in a major championship. Yeah, I think he's just so humble about everything, and I, I really like that. And and with this all new, you know, just new generation and new people watching the game of golf. I think that's who we want winning tournaments. And I think he really sets a great example for the next generation of golfers coming up. So I'm hoping Chris Stroud wins again this week. I I absolutely. And I love his pants too. I am a huge (laughs) fan of his pants. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They, they were, uh, very, they weren't bright, but they were just different on Sunday. And I think a lot of people, uh, appreciated that yeah absolutely i'm gonna take uh bud collie to win this week at the at the wyndham championship and i don't have any particular uh specific reason for this he has played pretty well recently he was t33 at the pga championship and he has played well over the past month but you know you have this uh this vibe of you know he saw his his close friend and you know former alabama crimson tide uh 
Justin Thomas go out and win a major championship. Sometimes they can they can kind of spread out and. Uh, you know, maybe he can grab some of that momentum and go and, and win a golf tournament. And uh, he's been close. He was close at the career builder where he came uh, tied for third. And I think he, his, his time is definitely going to come uh, sooner or later. So I, li- I like him to win this week. Yeah, I actually picked him as my sleeper because I feel like a, a lot of people still don't know his name. And he was such a dominant force in the college game when he was there at Alabama for two years, I believe. Um, so I picked him as my sleeper this week. And like you said, I think just – him seeing his former teammate, his former roommate um, win big, um, I think that helps his game more. And I think he's a lot closer than people think to getting his first win. So I, I would have to agree with you, but I'm going to just pick him as my sleeper this week. Very, very nice. I like that pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, way off the board here for my for my sleeper. Um, How Tun Lee, who is in on a sponsor's exemption, um, he finished tied for third at the Open Championship. And um, I don't know, sometimes these sponsored exemptions end up working out because the, the expectation level is just not quite as high coming into the coming into the tournament. So I'm, I'm just going to take a flyer and go with Hao Tung Lee this week. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, who, do you have to, who do you have to miss the cut? Um, so I was dogging Kisner earlier, and I feel bad about that. But I have to pick him to miss the cut just because of all the emotion expended last week. I think... When you when you have a chance to win a golf tournament, remember he was leading after what the first round he was tied for the lead, the second round he had the lead, the uh, or he was tied for the lead as well. In the third round, he had a solo lead going into the final round. Um, that's a lot of energy and a lot of tough sleeping at night. And um, yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to maybe have a little bit of trouble just energy wise this week. What about what do you, what about you? Um, I'm going with Webb Simpson. He mm-hmm. hasn't played particularly well since the Travelers Championship. That that was his last top ten. And then you have to go all the way back to the Dean and DeLuca Invitational for his last top five um, at the end of May. He won the Wyndham Championship back in 2011. Um, he was T33 last week at the PGA Championship. But you have to go back to his recent form, and he's not playing particularly well. I, I just remember the Webb Simpson where he used to be so dominant mm-hmm. and at the top of, like, every leaderboard every week, you know, week in and week out. But I, those aren't his days anymore, and I just I just can't see him playing well this week. Yeah, yeah, a Carolina guy. And uh, like we talk about so often, sometimes when you have a hometown tournament, it can go either way. You know, you have all these ticket requests and family and friends want to come in and watch you. and Or you can be comfortable in your surroundings. So sometimes we, we see it go both ways. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have left on the postcast this week. Please follow us on our social media feeds, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Global Golf Pulse and you'll be able to find us. Also, if you have any topics you'd like for us to discuss, tweet at us or leave us a comment on Facebook. Until next time, for Sean and I, hit him straight. See you later.